Hello and welcome back to another episode of Finishing Touch. It has been a little bit of a layoff, but I am your host, Tyler Wilson. With me, once again, my colleague here at Switch Theory, David Sidock. David, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Got a couple of weeks to, you know, relax a little bit, visit with some family, but I'm excited to be back. Uh, how was your holidays? I, I had a great holidays, uh, you know, with a baby and family. Very relaxing as, you know, as you would guess, it was just, just kicking it, you know, just doing nothing, lots of sleep. It was awesome. But no, it was really fun. Always fun to have holidays with a new member of the family for sure. So that was quite the experience. But uh, ready to start talking some hoops. We've had some time off. Let some thoughts ruminate. Uh, you know, David and I have not had an episode at the two of us for a little while here. So figured we'd take the moment, uh, getting back into it and just, you know, have an episode to get some takes off. And uh, uh, for me in this draft cycle, there has been nothing more confounding, I would say, than a, like a, a large number of like position groups and kind of like play styles and they like, projected similar roles of like different players in the class that are just hard to differentiate. And so I think kind of as an idea, what we want to start doing is let's focus on a couple of different players in the class. How are they similar? How are they different? And how do we project? And the first place that I wanted to start here was the, I guess the, the combo guards of the late lottery, mid lottery. I don't know. Like, uh, so we'll see how this goes. We're going to start off with that Nick Smith, Keontae George and Kaysen Wallace. Uh, see where we lay on that. We've been watching their tape for the last couple of weeks here. Uh, give some opinions and uh, see if we disagree or not. David and I have not had an enormous amount of disagreement on this podcast yet. So maybe we will get some today. Let's let's we'll see how it goes. But we are going to start off with Nick Smith today. Uh, 6'5", combo guard, very thin frame at Arkansas. Maybe not going to get more than, what, five college games of tape this year. Uh, sitting out currently with a recurring knee injury timeline is indefinite per the coaching staff. Uh, not a lot of tape to watch this year, David, but obviously it was a highly rated recruit coming out of high school. Uh, what are your impressions of Nick Smith so far? And uh, where do you see him, I guess, in your overall view of this class and like your board going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious thing that sticks out as far as Smith Jr. goes is his touch is very, very good. Um, obviously, everybody knows he loves his floater. Uh, he has some good touch in the mid-range. I think he projects to be a really good three-point shooter in the long run. His finishing touch is really good, too, uh, despite his thin frame, as you mentioned. Uh, he has some really crafty finishes, nice finishes at the rim. But addressing that thin frame again, I do think it hint it'll hinder him in the long run, especially defensively. I, I like his defensive um, competitiveness and makeup. And I think he's a pretty good defensive playmaker. Uh, he gets his hands on steals and he has some like thigh bowl type blocks from behind on players. But at the same time, he's still a little undisciplined there. And I think he can get um, bumped on drives a little more than I'd like. And sometimes he can get blown by at the point of attack. But um, I'm just inter interested to hear some of your thoughts on his frame and how that relates to his both his offense and defense. Yeah, I think we'll we'll start off here with his offense. And you know, like you said, obviously the first thing you take away is that his touch is, is really awesome. And I think that his uh, organization coming around screens and just his like awareness of his body and knowing where he is on the court 
uh, is really good. And I think that he projects as somebody I think is going to be an awesome shooter, uh, regardless of the frame issues. I think it's obviously the easiest thing to project forward. Um, like I, it's, it's strange for me, his game, I guess, in that he really is so floater reliant. And I, I really don't have very many concerns about the jump shot as a whole. I think that the form is good. And I, I would like to see more uh, self-creation flashes from like beyond the arc in terms of like actually getting creating space and getting a shot off versus um like i feel like he's been like part of the floater thing is that he's really comfortable taking shots at like forward momentum like coming off of like in transition or out of pick and roll like coming downhill and at a, like almost always it's a it's a rising up for a floater over the the top of the defense or when he does get into it like has like a nice looking mid-range jumper um but it's, it's a weird comparison point i guess in well, having watched a bunch of Keontae tape this year, which is that he feels like all he does is create negative space. And like his step back is like the the primary weapon that he's going to use to get his shot off. And, and Nick is quite, not quite that way. And so I think that the, the his usage is going to be a little bit different there and a little more spotty um, in terms of like what shots he's able to create from the perimeter. I think that his handle is decent. I think there's moments of flash, but I do think it is a little bit loose. And the frame obviously hurts him there. So that's kind of where you start to see the frame issues is that he does get bumped on drives a little bit. I don't think he has the kind of control and tight spaces that you would want to see out of like a primary lead guard uh, full-time, at least at this stage. He is the youngest of these three guys we're going to talk about here today. Um, but as a whole, I think his, like, his game from the perimeter is really enticing. And I think his, his passing, he makes good reads. But beyond the perimeter, I think he does struggle to get to the rim. He certainly did in his games in Arkansas. And I think that's a little bit hard to reconcile. And um, part of it is frame. I think that he will grow into the frame. Obviously, I, I'm a huge DeJounte Murray fan still. I know he was traded and has, you know, made a little bit of, um, he, he left a little bit of poor taste in the, the mouths of some people. But I, he is an incredibly fun player. And his it took a long time for him to gain weight. Like it was not like something that happened over two years. It's something that happened over four or five years, and it was consistent, and not without its setbacks. So I think that is going to be a long road for Nick. But I think that is something that I wouldn't feel uncomfortable projecting within like a positive environment. Uh, as far as the rim pressure and like burst of being able to actually get to the rim, I'm not sure there. And I do want to get your opinion on how you feel like his. The knee injuries affected him this year, and have you been able to watch any tape pre-college, or how do you feel about, I guess, his burst in general? Because that was that's been the main takeaway that I've had from him. I know a lot of people have been wondering if he's going to be able to actually beat anybody off the dribble, and um, I think that is at least from the tape from his year in Arkansas, it's certainly up in the air. Yeah, I definitely think that the burst looked a little bit better um, pre-college. There was one game in particular in high school in one of those the state playoff games where uh, it seemed he really got to the rim whenever he wanted. Um, but still, most of the games, he was still relying heavily on that floater. And I'm not sure if it's just like a he'd rather take that shot or if he's really struggling to just turn the corner on all his drives. But I, th I think the knee injury has hampered him a little bit this season, obviously. But I'm not sure it's a complete excuse for his inability to get all the way to the cup. Yeah, I think that's kind of the take what I had as well and was wondering if you had the same was that I think that it was a little bit better in high school, but not something that I felt was uh, 
like a, a strong point, I guess I would say, by any means. I'm not sure how much of that is affected by burst versus handles. I do think his ground coverage defensively, something we'll get to later, is really good, and I think he moves very well on the court. Um, but in terms of like actually bursting from a standstill or like having moves to be able to beat somebody off the dribble, he it and it's a, it's certainly a questionable projection. I don't think that it's out of the question, but it is a I'm not, I guess, uh, assuaged of any fears I had. It's um, certainly a, an issue there, but I think that his shot versatility is something that is going to really carry him offensively, be it as somebody who, you know, is able to hit like step in threes out of a pick and roll and kind of like run offense that way and you know force rotations and use at least a screener to be able to get to the rim to an extent get into his floater and create for others or if it's just going to be more of a, like an off ball role running around screens or playing on a dhos like i think he's going to just eat people alive there and so i i really like his his offensive projection i think there it's not without its warts and i think the rim pressure is obviously the biggest one but um, I guess I do question how much that matters in the grand scheme of his role. Cause I think that the, the level you have to be at as a like slight six, five guard as an offensive creator to demand heavy touches, I think is really, really high. And for somebody who's going to be, you know, potentially maximized off ball offensively to be able to have any amount of on ball like ability and be seen as like a positive defender, I think is is really, really valuable and not something you see in a ton of classes. And um, well, I think that maybe isn't like the sexy upside people always want to have. I do think that some of that exists, but the likely outcome is that Nick Smith is still a really good player. And um, I think he's still going to be a really good offensive player. And so that will be um, interesting to see how his stock plays out throughout the year. Um, do you have any feeling about him as a lead guard versus an off guard or you see him as a combo? What do you see his role like at the next level? Yeah, as far as his usage goes, or as far as his usage early on goes, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the off-ball stuff. I really like him as a – or I really like his off-ball movement. I think he's a opportune cutter, and he, he uses screens and sets them up pretty well off the ball. And like you said, just that uh, getting him downhill off of those into the floater is a, is a great way to use him early on, especially as – the shooting continues to improve. I mean, as it inevitably will. Um, and then, as his, as he gets uh, more minutes, I think if you mix in some more PNR from here and there, I think that'll be the way to go as far as his developmental trajectory goes. Um, one thing I'm curious to hear from you is what you think of his passing. I think he makes some basic reads, but out of these three guys, I'm probably least confident in his uh, in him as far as the passing goes. So I just want to hear your thoughts about that as well. Yeah, so I think the passing case with Nick is interesting because I think that um, obviously his his, his uh, assist numbers in, in his five games were uh, the, the worst of this three-game sample or three-player sample here that we have. But um, I really liked his connected passing and like an off-ball role. I think he made quick decisions, and I think that he um, he's not someone where the ball sticks a ton. Like He's not trying to like probe the defense for 20 20 seconds of the shot clock to try to get a shot off. I think he makes quick decisions. And when there is an open pass to be had, like a hit ahead to have, or like a like a, a, a pass into the corner to like an open shooter after the defense helps, like he is quick with it and accurate. And I, I did like him there. And that was at least initially really encouraging, just in the fact that I think that, especially early in his career, that's the role he's going to have. And being able to thrive in that and having the skill set to do so is just going to earn him more opportunity as 
he grows into his frame and his skill set. Um, on ball, I think it's a little harder to determine. I think he probably, I don't want to say he generates the least amount of uh, defensive attention when he attacks the cup, but I think that, that that may be true. I think he's probably the easiest to handle in a one-on-one situation or in like a pick and roll as, as far as like stopping him from getting where he wants to go or like being like an undeniable force. Like, I don't think that Kaysen is this overwhelming offensive player, but I do think that Nick kind of lacks that forcefulness and that, uh, um, terms of like striking fear into the defense, I guess, or like causing rotations or being able to create windows to actually make passes that would be exciting. I think there were occasional flashes of him seeing reads or manipulating help defenders, but I don't think he has like an enormous amount of opportunity for that. Um, and I don't think that's somewhere where he focused, but I didn't think that his passing was poor. I think from in an on-ball setting, I think his passing is probably the worst of these three, but as far as a connected piece, I think that he's certainly better than Keontae. And I think whether or not he's better than Kaysen is probably... Um, I would think he's probably better, a little bit better than Kaysen connectively as a passer, but um, you may disagree. Yeah, I was also talking more um, on ball. I think he's a great extra passer, like making the extra swing and whatnot, but I still think I like at least Keontae better connectively as a passer, but we'll get to him eventually. That's interesting. Okay, so I'll, I'll look forward to that conversation. I think with with Nick, I understand why there's a lot of um, kind of like uncertainty. I don't want to say negativity because that feels too harsh, but there is a, a general kind of uneasiness about where to take him, kind of where to place him in terms of your people's evaluations. And I think as somebody who really likes Nick and really think that thinks that his skill set is conducive to not only a role early in the league, but like a particularly effective one. That I guess I would frame it like this, and that most teams will operate in like their offense through like a, like some kind of elite initiator, be it typically like a point guard or like a big forward operator, and a lot of teams have two of those players, and typically that spot in between them or that third backcourt slot, I guess. Technically, the three is considered a front court position, but I kind of view the three as like a wing and it's kind of like a backcourt position. But in general, you need somebody to be a lower usage option that can thrive off ball and guard point of attack. And I think that Nick is somebody that is going to profile there incredibly well in both aspects and that he is going to have not only spacing gravity as like a stationary shooter and and ability as a movement shooter, but the quick decision-making, the ability to attack closeouts and, you know, beat somebody that's trying to come at, to come at him and kind of use their momentum against them versus trying to create out of a standstill would, will do wonders. And I think that that is a role that he could walk into within his first year in the league and thrive in. And being able to succeed in minutes as a teenager in the NBA is incredibly rare and tends to pertain to some type of, like, development in the future. And I think that is encouraging. I think that that will happen next year. And as far as the the actual ultimate upside of it, like I don't know. Like the handle is a tough thing to consider, and obviously his frame is going to have to add weight, and that is going to be tough. And he doesn't have a whole lot of burst right now, but he has had what now? I guess his recurring knee injury that happened before the year that you know obviously has affected his Arkansas sample. But before that, before his senior year of high school, he broke his left wrist, and so there is like two things there that two injuries that not only affects you for the time period that the injury happens, but in the recovery and then learning your body after having gone through a major injury. Like 
in both of them in areas that are going to greatly affect the, the two biggest weakness points of his game. And so I think that, you know, obviously there's reason to be pessimistic about some of the things, but I think that there is like ample reason to be optimistic about his projection and general upside. And like, have I sold myself on that vision yet? I'm not sure. Like, do I want to? Yeah. Cause I think his game is really cool. And I think that he's going to fit in the league for a long time, but that's my Nick Smith pitch. And it kind of feeds into his defense where I think he's going to be an awesome point of attack defender. And uh, I guess I'll let David go from there. Yeah, like I mean, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think I really think there's a lot of potential there defensively. And right now it's kind of just adding some discipline, adding the strength. Um, I, there, was, there was some overhelping and like gambling in high school, like most other players at his age. But um, like his, his attitude and spirit defensively is obviously top tier. Um, and then his length is great. Uh, there's a lot of good flashes of defensive playmaking. Like I mentioned before, the thigh bowl type blocks where he comes from behind and just like uh, swats the jumper away. It's always enticing. Um, as a point of attack defender right now, I don't love him, but I think that it'll get better as he – continues to like play more minutes in that role and and whatnot but there were like a couple minutes there were a couple possessions where i saw him like get stuck in mud is how i describe it where like somebody's uh it like explodes laterally um and he can't really like uh mirror them very well and then once they get that advantage it's kind of hard for him to recover because then it's just one bump and he's kind of gone with the current strength that he's at. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just struggles with the knee injury. Cause I saw it more in the, the college tape, but that's kind of where I'm at with him as a defender right now. I think there's a lot of room for him to grow, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, the room for growth is certainly an important aspect of it. I mean, again, he's still an 18 year old, which is worth noting. Um, I think that in my general impression of it coming into the year was that he was like all arms and kind of this had been creator that, you know, could uh, quick hands, could poke his hands in anywhere. And um, was obviously an exciting athlete and covered ground well, but needed to add like significant strength and had like a lot of kind of, it was more flash than it was like, consistent substance and um obviously like when he turns it on there's kind of like that like level of like defensive takeover mode i think he does kind of have that where it's like give me the ball like i want it like i think he does kind of have that like natural instinct of being able to just like anticipate where the ball's going to be and get to it which i think a lot of guys in this class have actually which is really exciting um but in the arkansas tape i think that generally i was really pleased considering the the knee injuries like circumstances like obviously he's not at full health and obviously never was during the games he played this year um he's back out with the same injury uh but like i thought his feet were quick and that you're right that he does have trouble mirroring like reactively at times and i think that is a little bit of like game reps and getting back into shape i don't i didn't take that necessarily as him like it's something that like overwhelmingly concerned me like that obviously was something that was present but i thought his feet were good and that he does move well laterally and obviously he's thin and like once he gets beat he's he's beat unless he's gonna be able to like block your shot from behind like he 
one bump, like you said, like one bump and he's gone. Like that is totally true. And um, is not ideal, certainly in SEC play, um, which we probably won't see very much of or at all. Did they actually play an SEC game? I can't remember now. But um, regardless, I think that the strength will come with time. I think that he will be a pretty imposing point of attack defender because you think he's big enough and long enough to just kind of envelop guys. And he does a good job getting around screens. And yeah, he can die on them sometimes. But I think that kind of comes with uh, the territory. I mean, he's a, a teenager defending ball screens. That's not almost ever going to be a great thing. And um, I think he has all the tools to be good there and the desire to do so as well. I guess an off-ball defender, I think he chases relatively well. And like you said, like he tends to overhelp occasionally and can get kind of caught in the middle. But I, I do think he like has generally good timing for like jumping passing lanes and like playing the gaps. Um, I don't think his closeout technique was very good. I think he covered ground really well and being able to recover, but I don't think that he – always closed out to the right hand or that he like made the right decisions doing it or just like allow people to just dribble directly past him and just like, all right, go ahead, go for it. Um, so I think that obviously there's some stuff to clean up there, but I like the tools a lot and I like the desire there. And um, I think a lot of it's just going to come with time. I'm really enthused by the, uh, the defensive results and how that kind of pertains to his role. Yeah, man, I'm just uh, excited to see him play again. I hope the, the injury doesn't keep him out for too long. But uh, we can go ahead and move on to the next guy. Who was it they wanted to cover next, Keontae? Yeah, I think we'll do Keontae next. Uh, yeah, that will be it. And just to confirm here, no, he played Oklahoma, which is a Big 12 game. He did not play in SEC play. Missed the second game before, which is LSU. Perfect. All right. Um so yeah, Keontae George was the second person I wanted to get into. Obviously, a much larger game sample here. Um, a relatively similarly ranked prospect, I would say, probably a little bit less or lower than Nick entering the year, but had an awesome summer playing a Global Jam with Baylor and has started off the year really strongly. Um, I guess another 6'4 combo guard, certainly a stockier build, a little bit less length than Nick. Uh, probably profiles more as a combo than Nick, I would say, at least at this juncture in terms of like being able to actually run offense and stretches and create some kind of rim pressure. Um, but yeah, certainly some comparative points, but like a lot of differences and more than I think I expected going in. Uh, what were your initial impressions of Keontae's offense besides the fact that he shoots like a million three-pointers a game? Yeah, I mean, obviously the shot making is uh... – pretty breathtaking at times. The TCU game was really fun to catch, I think. And um, as far as like getting to the rim, I think he surprised me a little bit more than like compared to what I was seeing, like just on like the Twitter timeline, like people talking about him. Um, I didn't really catch much of a pre-college sample. So I'm kind of curious to hear like where you think the improvements in his game have been. But one thing that stood out to me that I really liked a lot, and I don't know if you feel the same, but I think he's he's really good at these like zero second decision-making um, opportunities, like attacking a closeout quickly, like attacking off the catch or making like touch passes or um, that extra pass, extra swing, kind of how we talked about with, with uh, Nick. And I think that's kind of why I, I like him better as a connective piece. I think that he can maintain advantages really well um, apart from creating them. And 
that that was just something that really impressed me. I think from my from my time watching him. Yeah, I think Keontae is a really decisive player, which is super fun to watch at the college level, especially like in a environment like Baylor where they've been playing a little bit smaller this year and their guard play has been so much fun. And I love Adam Flagler. I'm, I'm a Baylor grad. So obviously I'm, I'm relatively biased <laughs> towards Baylor. Um, but uh, like I did the uh, scouting card for Keontae before the year. And uh, what I kind of took from his high school tape was that like, I think his handle was better than people said that it was, but maybe in a more like a kind of like in stark, settings i guess in, in more specific areas like i think that getting downhill i thought he was actually really good in terms of uh being able to like uh, split pick and rolls or just like navigate screens or get by a man and just use his strength to stay in front of him and then once he did get downhill like i thought his ability to absorb contact around the rim and finish with either hand was like, really impressive like i think his like body control and his like obviously strength in the air, but ability to anticipate and react to contact while he's in the air was was good. I don't think his his first step burst or his like a vertical explosion is particularly excellent. I think that obviously there's reason people are concerned about it, but I don't think that it really affects his game quite as severely as um, maybe some people perceive it too um and maybe that obviously could be like a misvaluation in my uh, my view but i i, I kind of like him getting downhill and i think that he's good at it i think there's not enough variety when he does and i think he's taking like I, I think it's less than 10 like mid-range actual like pull-up jumpers this year in terms of like actually like coming off a pick and roll and like setting his feet and getting into a jumper it's something that doesn't really happen very often he doesn't like, use his shoulder to create space he doesn't like operate in those tiny confines very well of like the the general like, like shot makers area within like between the the free throw line and the uh the three-point line which is probably the most confounding thing for me part of in like the evaluation like his floater's good and i like when he gets to the rim when he actually does but i don't think that the, the mid-range stuff is weird because obviously it's not really a part of his game. He's not super tall. He doesn't get like a ton of lift on his jumper. So it's not like an area he's going to super thrive in. But I do wonder like where does that come from? And when you like really need a bucket from Keontae George, like what does that necessarily look like? Is that like a the hardened step back three, which obviously has been awesome to watch. And I think that he's really great creating negative space. But I do wonder, there's kind of that line of like, okay, well, he could be a really efficient volume scorer, but is he like a bucket getter? Which is kind of like reductive and silly to say like out loud, but I do kind of like, I do wonder that to an extent. Like I did, um, like what is the cap on in terms of his creation ceiling without like that overwhelming vertical explosion or the first step or the mid-range shot making if you like, once you can't beat somebody. Um, as far as his passing goes, I've been really, I've been really impressed. Um, like passing out of all screens has been really good. I think he operates the game is a lot slower for him than I anticipated coming into the year, and that has like only progressed as the year has gone on. Um, I do think he's good at making those like really decisive decisions with the ball, like and in catch situations to attack or shoot or kind of like push your advantage. Um at the kick ahead, I think that the kind of passing was good. I thought that that Nick, I just I maybe more excited, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I do think that was a positive from from Keontae. And I think from all three of these guys, they profile well as somebody who can play with the ball to some extent and without the ball to a lot. And I think Keontae probably has the most on-ball upside of all three of them in terms of like realistic outcomes that I would feel comfortable betting on.
Yeah, I agree. Um, as far as the mid-range goes, do you think that's going to be like something more on the difficult side for him to develop? Or is that just like nailing the pull-up footwork down? You mentioned he likes to step back a lot, but I guess we're just like not seeing like a, an easy rise for a pull-up in the mid-range or even from three. Is, is that something that you think is going to be easy to add or like is it a – difficult thing to add i don't know it's almost like encouraging that he's he's still had the success that he's had even without that like in between mid-range game for like the shot maker that he is no absolutely i think that he he has been like a pretty efficient like volume scorer at baylor as a freshman which is incredibly impressive and like a a big conference and obviously the year is going to be interesting to see where he finishes out in terms of like a overall shot making profile. But I generally tend to think it's a little bit more difficult to develop. Cause like, again, like from the perimeter, it's not like he's when he is doing this like crazy three point shot making from the perimeter. It's like, because he's like someone's getting caught on a screen, he's able to pull up relatively quickly or he's able to create space with a step back. It's not like he's rising over people to take shots. Um, and I don't think he's like abundantly comfortable and just like, you know, like sizing somebody up and shooting over or something he does very often. And um, I think part of that is his size and just like the general like release of his jumper. But I think part of it is just kind of like your natural game. Like, what are you comfortable doing? And if someone doesn't do it a ton, it's probably because they're not comfortable doing it. And in order to be comfortable doing something, you have to like, <laughs> it takes a lot, <laughs> especially when you're in the league. So I, I tend to think that that is going to be something that's harder to uh, develop. Though I do think that he has a better chance than someone like a, where I said like Benedict Mathurin last year, where I thought kind of had like a similar idea, like I was gonna make a threes and jumpers and can do some interesting stuff from three, like off the dribble occasionally, but like not to the same degree that Keontae can. But um, I think Keontae's handles a lot better there. And I think that he has a lot more of a chance in terms of like developing a shot maker's bag. Um, But I do think he's a little bit behind there in terms of like your typical lotto guard prospect, Um, Mm -hmm. especially one that's gonna have like a high offensive usage like him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's good though. I like him. What like what were you surprised by Keontae? Did you come out like a little bit like like higher than you thought, lower? What where, where where did you fall on him? Yeah, I think probably a little bit higher. I really like his game. Um his passing surprised me. The driving was better than I thought, I think. Um defensively I think he was solid as well. Um he I think you mentioned in your scouting report that that he had he tended to have like defensive lapses uh, pre college, where he's like taking possessions off and whatnot. But I didn't really see a whole lot of that in the Baylor tape, so I was pleasantly surprised by him defensively as well. Yeah, I think that um, in call in high school there was kind of an interesting line between like intensity and like disengagement at times. Um, and I do think that when he like locked in, like he wasn't getting over like, kind of like an imposing presence, but it wasn't something happened all the time. I think the off ball stuff is kind of particularly where that where like kind of came to fruition. I think he's been a lot better at Baylor, especially as he's learned uh, the no middle scheme and kind of like learned his responsibilities within. I think in the beginning of the year, you saw some issues in terms of like him just kind of like knowing where to be and like getting there confidently. And as the year went on, I think he's been a lot better there. And Defensively, I don't think he's somebody that concerns me at all. I would imagine him. I would expect him to be a positive defender um, in the league, essentially wherever his context is, because I think he's going to try hard there. <laughs> that really matters a lot of the time, especially for guards. And um, like, obviously, he's not super long, and he's not like the fleetest of foot, like 
laterally or operating around screens, but he's super strong and he's stocky and he is generally good anticipating where people are going to be and getting to spots. So I think he's going to be certainly a relative positive. How extreme of a positive that'll be, I'm not sure. I don't think he's like a great event creator. And like, again, yeah. the size is obviously something and he's not someone who's going to like provide some like weak side rim protection. Like you said, the Thibault blocks earlier from Nick Smith, like that's not really in the cards for Keontae, but um, as somebody who can be like a like a secondary creator and essentially any offense with like real defensive pluses, I think that the sell for Keontae is super easy. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? And never mind. <laughs> I had a thought. About <laughs> no, <you got> it. <laughs> no, so I guess my next question would be: We talked about both Nick and Keontae. How do you view them? Like comparatively defensively, not necessarily in like quality, but in role. Like, how would you want to use or maximize either of them on that end of the course? I think that's an interesting distinction when it comes to guards, because there's so many different contexts you have to fit guards into to accommodate the the star creators of your team. And so, like knowing where they're going to survive best, especially defensively, I think is something that I think about probably too much. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's also a tough one. Um, I think, like you mentioned before, Nick Smith probably profiles best as like a point of attack guy. And then as far as Keontae goes, I think I think you could put him point of attack or in more of an off-ball role. I think the thing I was about to say that I forgot, I just remembered it. Um, I think it bodes well for him that he learned, he's seemingly learned the Baylor scheme relatively quickly. Like that's not a super easy scheme to figure out. And I think it shows that he can like learn quickly in the league in whatever context he's thrown in. So I think for him, I don't really have like a huge preference for where I see him deployed defensively, but I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah. I think with, with key his, it's an interesting fit defensively. So like he, I don't super want him, I guess, guarding like shifty, like quick guards at the point of attack all the time. Obviously, it's not like the end of the world because like, there's only so much you can do when guarding some of these guys in uh, your, your Kyrie's, your Steph's of the world. You're kind of just like hoping they miss a lot of the time. Um, but I think I kind of obviously with Swiss Theory and the scattering force, we've been using these different like, uh, like positional archetypes for uh, – uh, for different skill sets. And I think that I kind of view Nick as like a POA guy or as a roamer as like, I, I, I want Nick to be a guy who can guard a uh, point of attack and really like get under guys and kind of just like take that for 36 minutes of a game and just be like, All right, go do that. And like those minutes are stopped up now. We don't have to worry about it. Like from a roster construction point, like that would be to me like ideal in terms of his usage at the next level. Um, if that doesn't come to fruition, be it because of his frame or whatever, obviously kind of falls more into like the roamer category of like event creator trying to like jump passing lanes, which is fun. But if that's like the ultimate upside of Nick Smith as a defender, I think that's pretty disappointing in terms of like his overall skill set. Because I think that like if you're going to be an off ball offensive player, like I would like for you to be an on ball defensive player, if that makes sense. Like if I don't really want my on ball offensive players, they're going to be like sopping up most of the usage to also be like asked to guard on ball defensively, like consistently. And so if you're going to be on offense, not going to be able to like shoulder that usage, or if that's in question, like I want to have certainty that you're going to sop up at least 
all of the on-ball minutes when you're on the court for your position group or your like general size player. So I don't know. I think that's an interesting question when they can like where that lies is kind of be where it's going to be. Because if he is a point of attack guy, I think he's a better defender than Keontae. And if he's not, I think he's probably a, like a worse defender than Keontae and one that's less malleable to other lineups, which would be disappointing. But um, I believe in Nick Smith, point of attack defender, uh, limbs God. So we'll see. I think he's <laughs> hopefully we get to see him more this year, man. That's what I keep coming back to every time I talk about Nick. It's like, it's just a bummer. Yeah. That we're not going to see it. Cause the idea of like Ricky council, Nick Smith and black Jordan Walsh and Trevon Brazil and like in a lineup together would be awesome. That's just incredible. Yeah. And then when you really think about it and you realize that Kalal Ware went to Little Rock High School or North Little Rock High School in Arkansas, and you they wonder why either, didn't yeah. Arkansas sign Kalal Ware? So like, why isn't he playing in Arkansas? Why isn't that the best basketball <laughs> team in the country? Like, I don't know. And maybe they maybe Arkansas would use Kalal well properly, but we're not gonna talk about uh, Kalal here because I really like him and that will be a different episode. But um, I guess moving on now to Kaysen Wallace, which is um, you really kind of cover all the bases of guard archetypes here um, with the three of these. I think it's going to be really fun to look at how they stack up against each other as the year goes on and kind of hone in on like what role and play style is most valuable at the next level. Um, but Kaysom Wallace, again, another 6'4", combo-y guard. Kentucky, freshman, um, I believe... I'm trying to think. I, I think that him and Keontae are about the same age, which is about like six months or so older than Nick. Um, he's had an incredibly efficient year this year in Kentucky. Um, has not been quite the uh, dynamic offensive player that Keontae has been, but he has been incredibly efficient. And I would say of this bunch is the easiest bet to be a freaking awesome defender at the NBA level. So uh, to kick things off, David, where were your takes on Kaysen's offensive game? and uh, how he scores the basketball, and how do you see his role at the next level? Because it is a little bit tough to project college players that are playing within a more constrained role, I guess, in their level, and how that projects to the NBA, but and especially when it involves Kentucky, because they are infamous for doing that. So um, where are you at? Yeah, it's really tough, especially with the role he has at Kentucky. Um, obviously, he's had a, he, he's shown to be a great shooter, uh, from three so far, uh, the only worry I have, I guess, is just like the free throw shooting has been wonky, but I think that's more of an outlier so far. He's only taken 26, and I, I've been impressed by his shooting both in high school and in college, so I think that's a real strength of his. And, yeah, so obviously the concern with Kentucky is probably like the self-creation um, on offense, and I don't think – it should be as much of a concern as it's made to be because I think there there was more of it in high school, and I don't know if it was just because of the level of competition he was playing. Um, I'm not, like, a huge grassroots guy. I haven't really, like, watched a ton of high school tape throughout my years of doing this, but I think he performed pretty well um, creating for himself. I, I mean, there was still – it was still kind of obvious that he struggled to create a lot of space um on shots but there was a lot of off the dribble shot making that i was impressed by um uh, in high school but yeah i really like i think another thing offensively that i've been a little bit disappointed by so far is that 
he hasn't really gotten a chance to show off his his passing a ton. He hasn't been able to leverage it a lot just because he hasn't been creating a ton of advantages. But um, I really like him as a passer as well. I think he's a I think he'll be a at his at worst, I think he'll be a pretty good, a really solid connector at the NBA level. And I think that uh, the sell for Kaysen is like, you're going to get a good NBA player if you draft Kaysen Wallace. I think that's a, a pretty easy bet to make. And like you said, that the shooting probably is a little more in question. I think it's what, 41, 42% from three is at now. Cause like the, the free throw shooting is obviously um, like a, a red flag to an extent. I'm at least confident in his like self-organization from the perimeter and his form and his like willingness to take shots and the, his ability to, I think that it's interesting with Kaysen that he's at least in the role he's played in Kentucky and kind of how I view his overall skill set is that he is coming in between the two of like Nick and Keontae in terms of like, like Nick really, really, really thrives off ball. And like, I think Keontae really, really does thrive on ball and both can do the other, but it's not quite the same. And I think that Kaysen's kind of like a, a jack of all trades master of none in that respect that like, I don't think he's an incredible movement shooter, but like, I do think he like, he like, fills into open space well and like you know knows where to be on the perimeter and is confident taking shots when the ball comes to him and is obviously like good attacking closeouts and like knows what he's doing and the game doesn't move fast for him and like he is again like a, a good passer out of ball screens and like a good kind of refer to it as like he's a steward of your offense in in some ways that he's not like going to be like running your show but he's going to take care of it when he's out there and he's not going to really hurt you at all and he's not going to put you in situations as long as you have the requisite talent around him that they're going to like compromise your offense in any way. Um, but he's not like at the level of Keontae where you're like, Oh, like maybe this guy is just like a number two or a number three, like an NBA team. Like, Oh, like maybe he's just going to like, kind of get buckets like crazy. I guess that's what it is. And um, I think that uh, it's interesting with Kaysen because there are a lot of Kentucky guards that be able to Maxi or like Malik Monk to an extent or like De'Aaron Fox where it's like they get into the league and it's like, Oh, like, or I guess Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, man, the list is long, dude. Um, but like where they get in the league and it's like, Oh, they have all this offensive talent. Like they, there's a look at this upside. We didn't see at Kentucky at all. Like I don't think I see that with Kaysen. And like, I think that the worry, at least from like a macro view of Kaysen is that he's playing a very like, not, I want to say constrained, but limited role at Kentucky. And role players in the NBA don't play role like roles in college. They are like the best player on their team, and they dominate. And I, like, I think Kaysen is the best player on his team. He's just not playing like that offensively because of the way Kentucky likes to run. So that's what makes me at least a little more confident in the fact that he's just going to be a stud versus a guy who like doesn't have the juice to be a pro. Um, I think he's going to be really good, but like. To, to what the gradient of that goodness I think is for Kaysen uh, it's a little higher for me harder for me to believe in the higher end outcomes than it would be for the other two yeah I think that's fair for sure um do you want to get into his defense a little bit because I, I really oh, like dude. it <laughs> yeah go off man I, I'm excited to talk about his defense because I think that he's yeah he's really good he's exciting I think the first college game I watched of Kaysen, he got like eight steals. Like it was just a crazy performance. Uh, he has really strong hands. Obviously, the hand-eye coordination is crazy on like the the digs and just getting hand his hand on any open any open window where he can get his hand on the ball. Like he's gonna get on the ball. Um, and as 
there are like some instances against like quicker guards we can get blown by but otherwise i think he handles himself pretty good on the perimeter uh, as far as marrying guys goes he's a he's a pretty strong player i think he can guard up like he can guard some fours here and there for sure and i just like overall really loved his defensive game yeah i think he's he is really an exciting defensive prospect and like i think you see a I've seen at least a decent amount of this like idea that like, you know, Kaysen's more of an off ball defender and he's not really like a lockdown point of attack guy. And I think some of that is true to an extent. Like, yeah, he is a better off ball defender than he is an on ball defender, but like, I don't see an enormous amount of things to be concerned about on ball besides the fact that he's just like hyper aggressive. Like it does seem like sometimes that someone is just like in his ear being like, get under this dude, like mess him up, like take him down. Like he just, <laughs> He really gets into people's jerseys sometimes, like to his detriment. But beyond that, like there's nothing movement skill wise or being able to read the court or maneuver screens or like hands or strength. Like none of that is of concern to me with Casey guarding the ball. And so, like, yeah, maybe he's not like, I don't know, the like the modern day Avery Bradley in terms of like on ball, like lockdown defense. But I think he's going to be certainly good there. And the, um, like the versatility with his strength and his length and, just the overall impact he can have with his aggressiveness off ball is awesome. And I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how he's refereed at the next level because I do think that he gets away with some pretty uh, aggressive digs and just maneuvers in general defensively that I'm like, oh, dude, like, like that was like a two-hand dig, but like you just like – well, it looked like a lumberjack <laughs> kicking an axe down on him. Like that was like kind of intense. But um, I don't know. I think that uh, Kaysen's going to be really fun. And if there is like – yeah, like the, the the lockdown corner analogy, maybe maybe he's not quite that, but like he kind of feels like it to an extent, especially the kind of athlete he is and the way he plays the game. Like he's he's gonna get in your face, and it's I love it. It's so I would love to root for Casey Moss. Yeah, at times there's like this aura of inevitability as far mm-hmm. as de- his defense goes. Like uh, there was a fast break once, and like he was like I don't know, ten feet behind something like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's gonna block this. He just like epic chase down transition block. Uh, yeah, this is just moments like that are really, really fun to watch. I think he's he's gonna be a really, really good defender. I think. Yeah, I think inevitability is a great way to put it. Like his like like a, a predator to the like utmost degree in terms of like college defenders. Like he like wants the ball and he knows he can get it and uh he's yeah. awesome he's just super super cool and it's somebody i'd want to have on any team that i have and i, I think was that chip had a, a tweet last week that was like there aren't very many guards that like genuinely impact your defense like in a, in a meaningful way in like the nba level and like case certainly one of those like i have no doubt about yeah. that and i absolutely agree with that like i there's no question there he's going to be a really positive defensive player i think as far as his upside offensively goes there's certainly some kind of question of like what is the like overall usage cap for his skill set and handles i think the handle is probably the biggest question for me of like is he going to be able to create looks at the rim or is he going to be able to create space to get his own shot off more consistently i'm not like i think his handle's fine i don't think it's like, like a huge problem but i'm not sure what room that leaves him as far as upside on that end but i do think that generally we as a a draft twitter consensus underrate defensive upside and like what that means for a team's uh roster building that they like the requirements of their roster after drafting a player like that and having somebody that can like genuinely affect any lineup he's on defensively is awesome and i think that 
like that level of impact is like really enormous and worth a high draft pick every year. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, there's sometimes it feels like I can get, or I fall victim to, and I think other people on draft Twitter can fall victim to just like a love for like bucket getters or like self-creation and stuff like that. But I think that I've learned that there are, are a lot of other ways to impact the game. Like, I don't know. I feel like Kaysen Wallace is just going to be a, I think he's going to be a really high level player, like top 75, at least. I don't know. I, I think, I think the way he impacts the game on the defensive end is going to be immense. And I think that he's a really good off ball player in offense too. So anything, anything else is just like icing on the cake in my eyes. Yeah. I think with all three of these guys, I think you have three different looks at these like hybrid usage guards of like can do something on ball, can do something off, but are going to fit on like an enormous amount of rosters to like, a positive degree like is it again 100 fit in every situation probably not no obviously with Kaysen, maybe it is to be honest like honestly i think that any roster you put him on he's just like all right great he's he's here playing for playing 35 minutes a night it's over like just leave him on the court yeah um yeah that may be a little bit more uh difficult to to mesh there but i think it's really interesting looking at the three of them and like where they project to grow and like how their projected skill set is valued and like what kinds of teams can uh can use those specific skill sets. Like I was thinking about this today earlier was that uh, like, like Nick Smith in Indiana would be so much fun to me. And that like, I think that his playing transition is really electric and his ability to run on the open court and to like shoot off movement in transition is really fun. And to be able to take point of attack assignments away from Tyrese Halliburton. So we don't have to watch that anymore would be awesome. And then you can let Mathurin play the three and he is giving you some rim pressure and like more off ball stuff. Like that would just be awesome. I would love that. Um, and I think that, with, I mean, obviously, you look at Keontae Smith there, he'd be fun there. But I think that that's a specific area where I think that Nick would be like really, really excited. Versus like in San Antonio, I would be more excited for Keontae, to be honest, because I think there is some kind of like a, a, at least a hope of an upside that can like lead to something or at least lead you to a high usage season where your team loses a ton of games and you have another bad pick. And here you are again with another chance. So, um, I don't know. I think, and then obviously, Kaysen just again would fit anywhere. Where do you want him to go? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's I don't even know where I would want him to be drafted necessarily because I think that every team in the league could use him. Like even the Bulls could use him, even though they have Alex Caruso. But I mean, it's a yeah, know, it's a really fun group, and uh, I think they're all going to be really good. Which is weird to say because I freaking hate combo guards. Like it's my least favorite <laughs> player archetype that's ever existed. Like I hate it, and I love these guys. They're awesome. Yeah, they really are. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk, like delve on a little bit more? Well, uh, yeah, we got to rank them? these dudes, man. And we got to see rank where them? we at. Oh, I, can, uh, I can go first here because I think that I've made out of my mind. I think I will go Nick, Keontae, and then Kaysen for now. And I think that it's kind of wild to me that I could see a logic for any ranking of any three of those in any order. Um, I think the, the ease of fit with Nick in terms of his like off ball shooting and, and defense is really exciting to me. And I just like want to buy some of the shot making stuff. 
Um, but honestly, I'm going to have to go watch as much high school tape as I can before I like, have that as headstone. Cause man, dude, five games is stressful, dude. And like, I, I've, I've watched some high school stuff, but like, it's not fun to have to go on like YouTube or wherever and try to find like these not well recorded high school tapes, like watch like the bulk of your tape for a prospect. Like that is, that sucks. <laughs> and I guess we'll watch some, like, some like U19 stuff or whatever it is, but, um, ah, man, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I like Nick. Where are you at? Oh man, you know you're really gonna make me do this ranking, oh, yeah. dude. You gotta do it, man. I, I told you I was gonna make you do it before we started recording. Uh, you gotta do it. Hmm. Um, I don't make a big board yet. I don't have rankings. Yet. I don't I'm make you do it on the pod. I'm do it. <laughs> you're putting me on the spot, man. Uh, I guess for now. No, just to be. Just for fun, I'm going to go reverse order. Uh, I'll go Case and Keontae, Nick, right now. But I have them all in like the same tier, I think, in my imagination yeah, yeah. board. In my head. <laughs> <laughs> on my uh, my actual written Excel big board, I think I have them all ranked back to back to back currently. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they will all wind up. I can see the logic behind going the other direction in terms of casing at one and, and next month at three. Unfortunately, that does mean that I will have a new co-host next week. David, it has been nice hosting with you. <laughs> uh, no, this has been a, this has been fun. I told you we'd get some disagreement. I think that we yeah. generally agree about the evaluation of all three of them. Maybe you're a little bit higher on some of Keontae's passing, which honestly I'm probably just a little bit lower because I haven't watched the games, like, like the most three most recent games from Baylor. So, um, and he's, uh, been great it seems so I don't know, i'm really excited to watch all these guys the rest of this year um i guess well two of these guys the rest of this year and watch old video <laughs> of yeah. another one but uh, get to see some more fun. clear aware man dude some man we will get to some clear aware i mean that probably means we have to talk derek lively too so we'll see how that goes i think that um i will at least have some takes there uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to get into some draft stuff here. I will have a written piece coming out regarding a certain position group that plays in uh, basketball that could be centered on a particular player. Um, but really excited to actually get written words out into the ether uh, for the first time of the new year. So that should be super fun. David, are you working on anything currently or are you just trying to cram film and uh, survive your next semester? Yeah, it's just been film cramming for me right now, but I, I really need to get back on that writing grind. I'm really looking forward to to hear your your words um, on in your article. I don't want to expose anything from it, but <laughs> from, from what I've heard, it sounds like a really fun project. So yeah, everybody make sure to check that out immediately when it drops. But um, yeah, man, yeah. I don't know how many nights you can ha I can have uh, trying to get my our son to fall asleep in there, just like thinking of different ways to like word paragraphs while I bounce in, <laughs> in, in the dark. Like it's been uh, it's been a fun grind, but uh, should be uh, good to get some stuff out there. We will do. Uh, I would imagine we'll probably do some more position groups going forward to kind of like focus on some draft guys and kind of get that ball rolling. Uh, if you've made it this far in the podcast and you are still listening feel free to respond to the tweet on Twitter of the episode to tell us what guys to talk about next. Cause if you're still listening, we're probably going to listen to you. Cause you know, you're our intended audience. So that's great. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's been uh, super fun to get talking again, David, I have missed doing the pod and looking forward to uh, the 
crazy what, like six month stretch now until the draft should be super fun. Yeah, it's been really fun to catch up again. It's been a couple of weeks uh, to all our dedicated listeners. I know <laughs> it's been a long time, but uh, yeah, just go ahead and um, check out the pod on Twitter at finish touch pod. That's the new at, and then me and Tyler are at David Sidock eight. S-A-J-D-A-K is the last name, and Tyler is still prospecting NBA, right? Yes, sir. They're prospect, yeah, prospecting NBA. That is me. Um, yep. Yeah, it should be some fun stuff. Looking forward to doing some more episodes coming up, man. Yep. Until next time, this is Finishing Touch, signing out. Peace.